Chilling with Kofi is presented by Homefield Apparel. Homefield is a collegiately licensed clothing brand that sells some of the comfiest and best looking articles of clothing that you will see. They have over a hundred schools already licensed. And if you don't see your favorite school slash alma mater, have no fear because they are constantly adding schools from t-shirts to hoodies to fleece joggers. You can check out all of their merch on www.homefieldapparel.com. Welcome one and welcome all to another episode of Chillin' with Kofi. Very great guest. Super excited to have him on the podcast. You might have seen him on Conan. You might have seen him on Bill Burr Presents the Ringer. He's one of my favorite comedians out. Gavin Metz. Uh, Gavin, how are you doing? I'm good, dude. Thank you. Uh, it's funny to go from like our like, hey, catch up to uh, you opening the podcast. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of like turn the voice on and off. Like I have a different like reading and talking voice on. on I understand. Uh, yeah. So I get I've it. Been told that before. Yeah. It's not like it's it's just like so you're just like on, you know, you're like yeah. performing almost. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to see anybody how they normally are. You know, that's boring. Yeah. <laughs> just me. In the like, room, just like, yeah. yeah. That's how I normally sound. Yeah. I just got a haircut. (laughs) (laughs) So before we continue with the rest of the podcast, I like to have the self-promotion part here. So where can you be found on the internet? Just at my name, at Gavin Matz on Instagram and Twitter. Not really on uh, TikTok or anything, although I probably should be. But uh, and uh, yeah, I'm on those two apps. That's my self-promo. Nice. Going to Texas at the end of this month. If you're in Texas and uh, you're down for 100 percent capacity, come through. <laughs> <laughs> so when COVID first started, how what would you what were you first thinking about? Like, what am I going to do with like live performances? How am I going to adjust? What were your thoughts on that? Really? Well, my shit is like, because I'm Canadian, so I have like a work visa, so like I can really only work in stand up writing and acting yeah so like i was like and that this was like that was gonna be like my first summer of like oh i had a bunch of college gigs lined up yeah so in like stand-up space i was kind of like moving and like starting to like operate in a way that i was like okay i'm gonna have some money and i can like and i'm gonna advance in this and hopefully the other stuff follows but then COVID hit and i was like oh shit what am i gonna do (laughs) yeah and like i did like it was weird off top because you're like, how am I going to make money? And luckily somebody hit me up and, and they were like, oh, like, would you do like a corporate on Zoom? And this was like three weeks in. So I was like real early to the corporate Zoom game. <laughs> and I ended up doing like seven corporates for this company, like over the course of like four months. It really kept me above, uh, above like being worried, but just awful gigs. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the, that was like the only stand up I was doing for a while until I came back to like New York, which I haven't really been doing it here. But but the corporate gigs on Zoom and not doing any other Zoom shows, just me doing an hour for for a company that's they're all so they're all at home working from home. It was oh weird. God. I'm not a I'm not a comedian per se, but I feel like a but, Zoom comic show just has to be one of the most awkward experiences. Yeah, bro. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be on like a regular Zoom, you know? Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be on a Zoom where it's like you have to tell jokes. It's so like, I feel like people started doing shit so quick too. It was like, it was kind of like almost desperate. Yeah. So I college mean, you probably games, saw it happen. Yeah, I haven't, I didn't get to see 
a comedy, a comedy Zoom, but I saw, I have a bunch of, I have a couple comedy friends um, in New York and some of them do sketch comedy. So that was like, I think hard as well for them because now they're going from in person to at a sketch house to now they're going to try to do like strictly digital and try to make content around a really, really sad kind of time. So that was yeah. kind of a weird thing that I got to see as well. So it's just, it's yeah, just wild. that's crazy. And improv on Zoom, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to take it all the way back to um, your start. Like, where was your first performance? And was it planned or was it just like a spur of the moment thing? And like, how did that come about? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was planned. It was like it was in Vancouver at this place called Goldie's pizza, which is, it's not there anymore, but it was like a basement of a pizza place. And they would have like open mics there, like three times a week and like shows twice a week. So it was like a happening spot in Vancouver. And, um, I, these, I was going to the film school at the time and, uh, these guys that were going, I was, I kind of always wanted to do it. And then I just went and tagged along and I was on the Wednesday and I watched and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I had been telling my homies I had been doing it for months. Like I, <laughs> like I, I had, like I had been telling, like I had been telling my friends Trevor and Nebu that I was like, oh man, I've been doing stand up. Like I was lying, like I was lying, <laughs> but I, I just hadn't yet. And then, and then one day Trevor was like, which I hit Trevor up. I was like, yo, do you want to go to this open mic with me? Uh, unbeknownst to him, I hadn't been doing it for months, and <laughs> I just needed like some support. He's like, yeah, I'll go. And then, and then we went. And there ended up being way less people than on Wednesday because some other creepy guy like ran the Thursday mic and not the Wednesday mic. So there's like four people there. And and uh, yeah, I did a set in front of like four people and my friend Trevor. And then I just How like did it. I just did it ever since. Like I just did it. How did that first one go? Like you just were you just like, uh, did, he, did it make you like just feel like uh, I, I can do this or like it uh, needs a little bit more work to see if I'm actually interested in this or what? I think I just needed to like get on stage. Like I remember the set like vividly, like I was, I, I know what jokes I was doing and I was like, I was doing characters and I'd be like, okay, this person's here and this person's here. And I would like change spots on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> like I would move. So this character is talking on the right and then this character is on the left and I would move to spots to have the conversation. Like it was very, it was very, it, I don't do that at all. I don't do characters anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's your your uh your cadence and delivery is kind of like way different than I can't imagine you doing characters. I've never seen from all your like your YouTube clips, I've never seen you do characters. So yeah. what prompted you to just like change your entire like delivery and demeanor to like get into your actual like comedy comfort zone? Like how yeah, long did it take? I, I mean, I was like super like high energy for for maybe like a year or two. Yeah. And then I just like, I had this like revelation one night where I was like, whoa, like this doesn't really work for me. Like it, it was like, it took me a lot to like, you know, get the energy to do it. And I was like, well, if I keep doing this with this energy, I'm going to have to keep doing it with this energy forever. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. You know? And then I just was like, then I would probably quit. So I just kind of just chilled out and and somebody told me if I slowed down my jokes, you could like see if it works and like hear the crowd differently. And so I just started to like play with that. And I had like, 
I had like a lot of stage time in Vancouver. Like I would say like it was a very good place to start because I was doing like 20 minute sets like at a club like a year and a, a little bit in. Yeah. So I was just a, I was just given opportunities to like experiment out of like anybody's like eyes, you know. That's that's really cool to actually hear because you know I feel like can you can you have can, is that even possible in New York to have like just twenty minute sets to just workshop around or like a big city like uh, New York or L A. No, definitely not. And then when you like move there, you like you're like sacrificing your your stage time, you know. Yeah. Like there's other little scenes like Austin and Chicago and stuff like that that are probably similar to Vancouver in a way. But yeah, I think you kind of need to not be in those places to start. I think it's very rare when somebody starts in one of those places and like becomes successful. Oh, okay. So you're, so you're suggesting like start somewhere else and then move to like that city when you're ready. I mean, unless you're already in that city, like I wouldn't be like move to Denver and start stand up. If you live right, in LA, yeah. I'd be like, I'm like, if you like live in one of those cities, it's like, you know, it's like, just get your footing somewhere else is, but th- yeah. I mean, I'm only saying that cause that's what I did. Yeah. But I heard stories of dudes who like straight up just moved to LA and I was like, I wish I could have done that, but I needed to get a visa. Uh, so what is your process for uh, workshopping jokes and how has that like process changed over time? If any, like back in the day or to now, like I would say in this past year, it's really taken a, it's really taken a step back. <laughs> yeah. But I, it, yeah, just cause I think I'm very much like, uh, I need stage time to write. And I'm very much like being able to like come up with a line, like in my set, like in the moment that I'm like, Oh, that's a great line. But I usually figure out kind of the structure of everything before and like know the beats before. And I just allow myself to be loose within that. Yeah. That's why I like, I I like record all my sets just on like a audio. Okay. And then when I listen back and then I'll like write it all down again, but I would say like I'm coming up with stuff. I don't even know if I'm answering your question properly. <laughs> hey, just hey, do you? You just think of something, write it in your phone. Sometimes tweet it. Other times save it for my phone. I don't really like to like tweet everything. You know, write it down. It becomes a bit like I. I just at the beginning of March, I did like a. Sh- I did shows in um, Milwaukee, and it was like the first time I'd done an hour in a while. And so I was going back through stuff, and I found like an old note about like um saving space uh, because like we're running out of space for like apartment buildings and stuff like that a way to save space would be like to combine cemeteries and golf courses and then i like i just did that on stage and i was like oh that works you know like it was like yeah i just like riffed that out on stage so it's like i just kind of save everything yeah. you should get your editor to fix that whole answer because <laughs> 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 that answer is trash bro. <laughs> No, it's all good. It's all good. So how do you think that the essence of like YouTube channels for stand-up comedy and social media for stand-up comedy, how do you how do you think they've like changed over time since you've even since you've started? Has it been like more of a focus towards social media or are you just focused on like doing live shows and not really thinking about the viral impact of your jokes? I mean, I don't think about that. I've seen that change. Yeah. Like I've seen that like people, you know, they'll every Monday you're going to expect a clip from them. That's like been captioned and it has a title, you know, and they'll put that out. And I remember that shift. I remember when people started doing that and I think it's like benefited a lot of people, which is now like, you know, move to like podcast clips and stuff like that. For me, I'm never thinking about like if a joke could go viral, I'm more just like, 
I want to have a joke that nobody else could come up with. Yeah. You know, like, I think that's kind of like the job of the stand-up comedian. Like I've never wanted to do like some like same dating joke that I've heard some other premise or somebody else do. Yeah. I've always tried to find something like unique and like different and tried to be like different with like what I'm presenting. So I don't really think about the viralness of like a joke. And I also, I'd never like been one to put out clips. It, like, I don't like it. If some, if like, there's been something like other clips I've always posted or sets I posted, they're like put out by comedy central. And I'm like, I'm like, that's nice. It's professionally done. I don't have to worry about it. I just, but I've, I've obviously like gotten clips prepared and like thought to like do that, but it's just like, it's such a commitment to like, I feel like you lose your like ambiguity or like mysteriousness as like a, which sounds so lame to say, but it's just like constantly churning out content. I feel like feels kind of corny. I mean, so you would think that, I guess that maybe it would get rid of like the mystery mystery of like someone wanted to see you in person, but like they've already seen like clips of your best work all the time. And yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I'm just like, I feel like we like put so much of ourselves out there that it's just like, it's so annoying. Yeah. Like to feel on all the time. Yeah, you got to like always like be doing something or like figuring something out or like posting something or I got to get this clip up. I got to like put out a new TikTok. It's like it's too much, man. I I do feel that because it's like having a lot of like what I do be really tied to social media and tied to like making sure that I can like build an audience and build a brand. Having that feeling that everything has to be part of that brand got really exhausting and i used i kept up that i kept up that facade for about two years and then like 2019 i was just like nah we're just gonna just tweet about everything and everything like and whoever likes it likes it whoever doesn't doesn't like i don't really care like this isn't at the end of the day for me this is like just like throwing stuff at the wall rather than yeah totally rather than just like hey i talk about sports and only sports you know so I, I do. Yeah, you're allowed to like be authentic, you know? Yeah, because it's just journalism and sports media and social. Like people, a lot of people for a while, they expected you to be like in this like box. And then the box has just changed so much over time that like now nobody really knows what the box is. So that's like one thing that I understand about like just wanting to just be yourself all the time and not feel like you have to like just be, I don't know, Gavin, the comedian versus Gavin, the like person, you know? Like, totally. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I saw you tweet about it today, even where you're like, uh, you quote tweeted somebody and you're talking about like, I don't know the last time I used a resume, like everybody just looks at social media. Yeah. For like work anyway. And I feel like that is like a, a thing where I'm like, I'm not so focused on like, getting followers that like maybe I've missed out on like acting or like writing opportunities because I don't have, I don't have like some level of clout online. I think that it matters. Does it matter less for like comedy? I mean, I I would have to ask you not for like, I feel like not for like writing and acting jobs. Like they want you to have like a audience almost. I think it will help help you 
even like if you're like on some CBS show, they're like, well, they're going to bring this many followers, even though nobody's going to watch it. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. How do you personally deal with like bombing a set? Like, how do you just, do you just like, what do you think after that? You're just like, damn, this, this shit didn't really, this shit didn't hit or whatever. What what are your like thought processes afterwards? Honestly, uh, Kofi, like, and I wouldn't lie. I wouldn't lie to you. I think it's funny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's, I think it's really funny. I think it's funny to do badly. (laughs) Like, I think it's funny when my friends bomb. I think it's funny when I bomb. I think it's hilarious when I bomb. I don't care. I'm like, like, it's so funny to see people just like upset with you, bro. (laughs) This is the most you answer possible. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're just like so, they're like upset with you. You're like, I was just like trying. (laughs) They're just like... (laughs) They're mad. They're not laughing. It's so strange. It's such a strange thing. Um, oh my god! I think it's especially funny when you think you have, you think you have like the bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which is like, you like you came up with this bit. You like wrote it down. You're like, oh, I get to do it tonight. I'm like, I'm gonna do it like this. Like, man, this premise is crazy. Like, you tell a couple people, they're like, ah, oh, that's good, and then you just do it, and it's bad. It's just flat. I love it. I love it. I think it's good. I've always kind of liked it. (laughs) But I also like remember listening to shit early on and people were like, you got to embrace that. So the darkness, you know, some dumb Mark Maron (laughs) shit. And I was like, yeah, I like that. I like bombing. And I was like, it's cool to not care if you bomb. You know, cool. You know what I mean? It's like uh, there's like some there's not like competition in stand up, but there's like some like weird, like kind of like you're trying to like intimidate other people with like you're funny you know what i mean yeah like there is this like bravado like this like i'm so funny man look how chill and funny i am so then when you bomb to not care is like i feel like that's the peak like you look at somebody that you know doesn't like you and that you do comedy together and you bomb and they're like "Mm, man that was tough and you're like i don't give a shit like (laughs) (laughs) i'll fucking bomb the rest of my life i love it So, um, I straight up had people in Milwaukee on the Saturday show, like, which was like, this was like a month ago. Like I haven't been doing stand up, like, but like the Friday and Thursday were fun, but there was like 10 minutes in, they walked bro. And they didn't walk cause I was being offensive. They just walked cause it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, you're just like, yeah. No, I, I mean, I made fun were of them like, and the rest oh, of us okay. had fun, but I, <laughs> okay. I, I, I try to tell people I'm like. Um, oh no sometimes sometimes you don't connect it's all good yeah i mean i guess that is true it's like not everybody's gonna like what you do or like relate you know yeah did you feel like at the start when you were doing stand that you had to like appeal to everyone or relate to everyone back in the day mm. or were you just like i'll find i mean i really tried to like i will me. a problem i had was like i thought that you were supposed to like come up with new material all the time yeah so like i tried to have like five minutes like every week oh but then someone was like nah you just work on five minutes and i was like well that's really boring (laughs) (laughs) like i was like i don't want to work on just five minutes i want to like so i think at the beginning i could have like i just like wrote a lot and i was trying to like more just like 
I'm not really sure what I was trying to do. I was just trying to fucking feel my like, oh, you gotta you gotta write the most. You gotta be the most prolific. Yeah. <laughs> which which I was like, I was 19. I could have chilled out. Yeah. What do you think was your uh, first big break in being like, yo, I'm on the I'm on the up and up? Like, the oh, well, I started in 2014, and then in 2017, I won Canada's top comic. Wow. Which is like a big stand-up competition. And I got like, I, I got to go, I won all the Just for Laughs festivals and I've won $25,000. And so th- I was like that, that when I won that, I was like, yeah, but I knew I was going to win it. <laughs> yeah. You saw that. You, how many people, do you know how many people were like entered, entered in or no? I think every comic in Canada enters and then they like, they do like nightly things. So there's the first round. And then if you advance from that, you did like a, your set got posted and they did like an online voting round. And then from there, eight people got chosen and there was like a live show at like this theater just for laughs in Toronto. And like, it was a huge theater row. It was like, it still might be the most I've ever performed for. It was like, it's like a 25,000 seat theater and it was like sold out and everybody did eight minutes. Dude, that sounds wild. Yeah, there's like I have the set from that. That's actually the set that I like sent to my manager or like I sent to get a manager. Oh, okay. So that the like manager and agent process after that was just like, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I had just seen people win that competition and just kind of stay doing the same thing in like Toronto or Vancouver. So I was like, how do I use this to my advantage? And I was like, I know I got to get to the States. I have this money. I can get a visa now. And so I just, and I had that set. So like I emailed, I downloaded like IMDb pro and just like das, sent an email to like some managers that read people <laughs> I liked. And I was just trying to get a manager to sponsor my visa. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. Yeah. What's the best advice you've ever gotten from a comedian in the field? Well, I don't know. I think I mean, there's some, like, some valuable advice. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Cause usually I have a shit on anyone good advice, but uh, this Vancouver comic was very good. He's like done Conan and stuff. And he's about as he's like, he's, he's, he's great. Ivan Decker. He told me, uh, he told me not to ask uh, questions to the audience. Yeah. Which like, he's like, just like sometimes like you have like a joke where like you ask a question where it's like, for like a small example of like, so are you got who's dating? But it's like, if people say, no, we're not dating. It doesn't change like the joke. He right. was like, just don't ask that question. Just like, tell them. Yeah. He's like, you give, you give, con- sometimes you give control away for no reason. I was like, All right. that was like the best. I always think about that advice. Yeah, that's pretty, cool. but, but I mean, that's just like specific. <laughs> it's like so specific, but I do ask a lot of questions actually in comedy. It's fun to ask people weird yeah. questions. I don't know, bro. How am I doing out of 10? <laughs> 10, man. I'm okay, still thinking okay. about how you just like love Bobby. I could just see you just be like, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> just- bro, Bobby's a shit, bro. <laughs> oh, man. So I did. I had this crazy bomb this one time at like this very popular show in Vancouver. And I like bombed like for 10 minutes in front of like, and somebody had to clap me off stage because I went over my time. I was just bombing and then the next day i pulled up because i had shows the next day and then uh i think I, it was so bad i took work off and then uh yeah i was just so felt so bad about myself and then the next day i pulled up and i was at a show and some of the people who were at the show before were there and they're like wow they're like i can't believe you're back like 
that's one of those sets that people have where like uh you never see them again (laughs) (laughs) so did you have just like all new material the next day or were you just like the same stuff I, i think i just like the day before I had tried to do all new material. <laughs> oh man. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you were on the TV show Rami. Correct. How did that like come into being and what are your acting aspirations? In the um, I mean, great question. I mean, well, uh, that show came to be, um, I mean, cause I'm, I'm friends with Rami and, um, he knows that I've been like working on like trying to get like booked and it's like very hard to book something. So I'm like out in New York and um, he hits me up and he was like, yo, I'm going to send you a, uh, send you an audition. He's like, he's like, when you do it, just do it as yourself. And I was like, Oh fuck man. Like my boy wrote me into his show. Like I'm about to be Gavin on Rami. And then I get the, I get the, uh, I get the audition. It's like barista. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, very humbling. And then so I just went and just read that audition as me, tried to make the whatever little lines my own. And then, you know, I went and shot that show for like four hours. And that was the first time I've been on set for anything and um, came out during COVID. And like, they like kept like a, it's like a long, it's like a long scene, like for what it is, you know? Do you think that like, they would like, like chop out stuff? Just like, just chop it. Yeah, no, but they like left extra in like, yeah. And like, and like, I know there's stuff that like we did that was funny and riff that was like in the moment with the actor, I forget his name, but he's like the most famous actor in Egypt kind of vibe. <laughs> um, but like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they just like kept it long. And I think it's because it was good. It was funny. So you know, as far as for like a little bit, a bit in a show goes, yeah, it was like, obviously I love it. Happy to do it. Great show, but acting aspirations. I mean, I'm still trying to like, you know, book shit. Obviously it's been a weird year and I've like come close on like big things, but, um, you know, you just got to keep doing it. I did a little thing recently for, uh, for power <laughs> ghost. Yeah. Just a cop, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just, a little role as a funny scene as a cop. Obviously, me as a cop is like dumb, which is why I think it's funny. <laughs> I just like some like NBA players arrested and I sneak in and like fangirl and dap them up. <laughs> <laughs> Very dumb. But, but you know, I just, yeah, just trying to get booked and keep doing shit like that. I would love to like yeah. be in indies and shit like that. Like that's kind of the dream. Ooh, that's interesting. You I like, I love movies. Like I would love to be in movies. In any capacity. Oh yeah, you were you were a film you were a film student. Yeah, that's so cool. Do you ever think that you'll like try to get back into like making your own films or no? Is that? I mean, I I, I definitely would. I, I wanted to. It's just like it costs so much money, especially right now with like Corona. There was like a there's a short film that I wanted to shoot where I was like, okay, this short might be a good way into like this stuff. But um, so I'm still like working on that and trying to. Oh, okay. figure that out you know what i mean yeah that's good so how was uh performing on conan how the hell was that was that how was that experience like conan was conan was crazy because i had done like two tape sets before that or three if i count like the canadian stuff i've done four maybe yeah. and so 
but I'd never done like network TV where it's like, I'd like recently, it was like in the May, May shot the Bill Burr thing. And that was like so crazy and fun. And like the crowd was so sick and I was like, there was no way I could fail. Like, but like network TV, like I'd like moved to New York that September, like that, that's when I moved. Yeah. And then I like landed and then I had like an, a message from my manager and he's like, Hey, like, I know you just landed in New York, but like, can you come back and, and do Conan in two days? And I was like, uh, cause I'd had to, I'd known I was supposed to do this for a year. So I was like saving the material that I was for my Conan set. I'd been saving it for like two years, not putting it on anything else, just like waiting. Right. And then I'm like, after like a year of me waiting to be like, when am I doing Conan? The day I like fly, <laughs> I have like no sets to like practice my spot. So I like, I, I, I get like two sets that night. I bomb both of them. The, so I don't really get to do the set. And then I, the next day I like flew back to LA. I ended up getting a set at the improv and at the improv, I'm trying to run my Conan set. And then I have to follow fucking Miss Pat. Do you know who Miss Pat is? No. She's got a show on BET. She's like, I might know she, her by face, Miss Pat. She's really funny on Bert ah, yeah, yeah, Netflix yeah. show. Bro, she's like a beast. She's like one of the funniest people I think in the world and is like, has like insane famous stories about like killing in Atlanta and like beating up a heckler at the same time, like things like that. And she's like destroying. And then I have to go up and tell my nerdy fucking network TV jokes. Like about <laughs> it's just like, I was just like, why is this happening to me? And then like, I pulled up to Conan the next day and like uh, two friends came with me and, and yeah, it was like Nisi Nash was on the show and, and then I just went out and it was, it was fine. It seemed, I tried to be as natural as possible, but it's obviously weird because it's like network. You like, can't, you go out, do it and just hope for the best. Yeah. But I mean, it was cool as got to meet him, of course. Yeah. And everybody over at that show is great. Yeah, network TV is weird as hell. Just let me say pussy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they make they make you they make you clean every they don't like they make you just clean up your entire act. They don't like bleep out stuff, right? Yeah, so that's like yeah, that's like I mean, that's why I saved the jokes that I did for that cuz I was like that's a good clean set. Uh, okay. I've one shot at this. It's you know, what was it like working uh, with Bill Burr? Um, really cool. I mean, that's that's still, I think, the coolest thing I've done. You know, he's a machine. Yeah, and, and he's really nice. And like, obviously, he put he picked everybody for that show through like Rex. So I was happy he picked me, and it was fun to cut it up with him. But uh, yeah, I wish I wish I, I wish it led to more things with him. You know, I would love to like open for him. Yeah, because I feel like he. He's one of my favorite comedians over like the years just through um, I'm sorry you feel that way. Walk your way out. And, mm -hmm. um, Paper Tiger is great. Paper Tiger. Yeah. It's just like seeing him with a. I didn't know how hard it was to have like a new comedy special, like even every two years. You know what I'm saying? Bro, you got to be working so much. I, 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 feel, I feel like the what people don't understand, even though like the joke length, like the set length is like five minutes. There's like hours and hours of like prep that like goes into that and making sure the jokes like hit and all of that. Yeah. 
to see the hour and hours like every two two years i'm just like damn what's also crazy is guys like that have like insane b-sides yeah like there's things that aren't going in you know that just don't fit like it doesn't make sense to have some joke there yeah so it just like never gets put in anything wow yeah because it's like not everything everybody's doing is like going on the special yeah who are some of your favorite comedians like that are working right now and like of all time um man who are some of them working right now i mean this question is kind of like changed now than i would used to answer yeah because i feel like my favorites are like my friends and stuff but you know i like like andy haynes jack knight langston kerman sam j of sam j alex english norm mcdonald is like goat 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 to me Bill yeah. Burr. But I think when I started, my, my favorite, I think it's obviously, you could like tell it was like Gerard. Oh, yeah. You know, like I, I just, I watched, I listened to a podcast with him on Pete Holmes' show, like his first one in like yeah. 2011 appearance. And I used to listen to all those old, old Pete Holmes where they would like talk about stand up. Like, and I in, would like, that's how I kind of found people, you know? And that was like in the Laugh Factory or something they they would shoot i think maybe no i think it was like they recorded it above nerd melt oh okay okay my bad yeah but yeah i i love gerard's his special eight. Oh yeah i love eight. Oh, i love eight. eight's so great i just love his delivery and just like how he like uses silence to like keep the crowd just like engaged it's just so it's just so cool to me totally i love that too I also like love what he's doing like now in like film. Like he, his like Sundance movie was like so good. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I would love to be like that or get to do things like that or work with him. I think my last question I have for you is what advice would you have for people that are trying to get into stand up comedy or just like thinking about it on the fence or just like, uh, maybe I always want to. Yeah. Somebody DM me like a while ago and they're like, hey, I wanted to say like, you're the reason I got into stand up, and I, I was like, saying very touching, but I also, my response to it was, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Why that? Why? <laughs> I just think, just like, don't do it. <laughs> what do you- <laughs> it's easier to not do it. So just don't. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you're not going to be happy. So I just, I'm like, but I think if you're, <laughs> if you really want to do it, I think you just like got to do it a lot and just like try to be unique. And just cause you hear somebody do a, a premise doesn't mean you have to do that premise. You know, you can, you can figure out your own jokes and just yeah. think on your own. Don't do some fucking Tinder joke. <laughs> no, only hinge on this side, you know, only hinge jokes, only hinge jokes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just like don't do it. <laughs> anyway, Gavin, thank you so much for hanging out. This has been a really fun episode. I wish you the best in all of your future endeavors and on your Texas show, which is what date again? April 30th in Houston and Dan Electros and May 1st uh, in Austin at the Spider House. Okay. So the po- these this podcast will be out before then, thankfully. So I guess okay, cool. Get the word out in there. So 
Yeah. For those of you that are listening to this podcast for the first time, feel free to give this a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can also find Chilla McCofey on Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, maybe Audiobook. I don't know. But I will see you guys next time. Have a good one. Bye.